Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Horror Podcast, episode 201. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to welcome you to the 200s, because apparently last week I forgot that it was episode 200. <laughs> I announced the show as 199 and put the post up on the website as 199. Then uh, at some point, I forget what cued me off, but I was uh, uh, scrolling back in the, the podcast history and I saw there was a double 199. I was like, oh, no. So, yeah, technically last week was the 200th episode. Um, not that we had anything special planned for it anyway, so it's not a huge deal. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it would have been good to to at least acknowledge it, and uh, it would have looked less sloppy, that's for sure. But, hey, you know, podcast quality. That That is about the quality of this podcast, I feel like, at times. Um, so, yeah, but, yes, welcome to the new era. Uh, we do have a change if you're watching the video version. I currently have... Um, not the, the, my bedroom background as before, no, sorry, bedroom, living room background like before, uh, instead I have some of the, the graphics I was using for the new stream layout. And then I just also do a bunch of garbage on screen. Um, I'm kind of split on how I want to handle this kind of stuff, uh, because with, with my room behind me, um, I don't mind showing that. And, and like, I've got, you know, enough stupid stuff that I can be like a YouTuber being like, Hey, here's my garbage in my background. It's video game related, right? Um, but the light in my room is just like dead center of the screen and it always bothers me how it just kind of like reverberates out from behind my head. So I don't know if I want to continue to show my background, um, not because of anything other than just that, that dang light. I don't have any like ceiling lighting in this room, so I have to have something somewhere and that just happens to be the most convenient spot to illuminate this room. So well, we'll see. Um, I don't really know how much, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything fancy when it comes to the, the video layout. Uh, if you're, if you're looking at the YouTube right now, you'll see just have a bunch of garbage up here. Um, nothing fancy, just trash. Uh, I don't think, I don't think there will be a lot of thought put into this other than I'll just throw stuff up as I, as I have it maybe. And we may not even have garbage on screen going in the future. We might just have the plain background, but yeah, anyways, but I guess that is the change that we'll be have going to episode 200. That was not really a planned change. It just kind of happened to work out that way. So yeah, in terms of in terms of games this week, um, I, I am kind of <laughs> finally getting back to the position where I feel like it's, I'm good to move forward on stuff again for a little bit, just kind of get stuff moving, um, but largely still playing co-op stuff right now. I'm playing a lot of co-op stuff right now. I, I, I probably need to get rid of something somewhere, but for right now, I'll just leave it be. Um, but basically I, I started up at takes two, um, which is a game from the same developers of, uh, a way out, which if you listen to the podcast at this point years ago, um, I really liked a way out, you know, it's not the best game ever, but I, it's my favorite EA game of the last generation. Um, and, and well, I guess technically it takes two is also part of this last generation, but I, I have not finished it takes two yet to say if it is uh, better than a way out. Although I think it probably is because the game definitely plays a lot better. If you don't know what it takes two is, um, and, and, and I'll kind of give you an explanation of what a way out is in some way too, if you haven't heard of that, but basically these are like co-op 
couch co-op game specifically, uh, but they have online play um, built into it. But still, even though you're playing online, the screen is always split at all times. So you have one player on one side of the screen, the other player on the other side of the screen. You guys can see each other moving around. They kind of mess around with, you know, who takes priority. Sometimes somebody will just be in a tiny window in the corner of the screen. Other times the other person will take, you know, be in the tiny or will take up the entire screen kind of thing. Uh, or, or one character just won't be a present in the scene at all. Uh, and both character, both people will be seeing the same, the same character interacting basically. So it's, it's a game that plays with the, the split screen dynamic and largely for the most part for cinematic value. And I think a way out specifically did a lot more with that kind of split screen mechanic so far, but it takes two, um, seems to be not doing it nearly as much There's definitely times where one screen might be the focus more than the other, but I don't think you have too many situations where like one character. So at least so far is like this tiny little like thumbnail in the top corner while the other character is doing something more important kind of thing. Um, but I'm enjoying it a lot. And I think, I think part of why, why it's better than a way out is that the way they build out the core ideas in that game is, um, a lot more centralized about around how the characters move. Um, a way out is kind of like a everything game. It's a third person shooter. It's got a bunch of like mini games in it. There's even like a rhythm game in there too. If you want to look for it, it's not an apartment, the main game, but it's kind of a game that's all over the place. And because of how the game kind of like controls it's 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 controlled more realistically because you're like these you know realistically proportioned humans um where in 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 it takes two you're these little dolls and so you're these two dolls just trying to like basically navigate their home they've been they're two adults that were transformed into dolls apparently or uh, not apparently that that is that is that is what is happening um and so the dolls movement feels a lot more free form um there's kind of like a a double jump and a dash tackle kind of thing you can do and i feel like the moveset in the game is a lot more built around those those mechanics they also seem to be taking a lot of like shooting mechanics and then working those into different um different ways you can you kind of see them like for example um the i'm playing the guy there's a guy and a girl doll and the guy has like a, a nails that he has and he, so he can throw the nails against the walls and he can like blow up canisters it can also like pin up certain platforms or it can also activate buttons that are like receded into the walls so he can throw the nail into the hole things like that so it's kind of like a third person mechanic third person shooter mechanic to the game but it's very puzzle focused rather than and then like a, a a shooter because you only have like a couple nails at once and usually when you throw the nail you want it to stick somewhere but then later on in the game there are more like shooter elements where you are playing uh uh you know the character i had like a had like a sludge gun almost it shot like 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 honey out at, at things and then the uh other player would use like a match gun that would shot shoot like rifle shots that were basically flaming matches and they'd blow up the the honey or whatever it was and, and so like those two mechanics are largely the same thing, but like how they present them and the tasks you're kind of, you know, doing with those mechanics, um, are, are, are different. So while they feel like two different segments of the game, they are, they are still kind of third person shootery. So I'm curious to see if that's kind of the, the general aim that this game will have is, is just kind of focusing on individual mechanics, but it does have like some surprising, um, elements. Like at one point they're like, Hey, um, one player is gonna, gonna do a fighting game basically while the other player is like controlling this, uh, plane that they're, they're like flying through this forest on. So the, the, the player on the bottom has to like navigate the plane through this tunnel where the player on top is like fighting off this, uh, <laughs> it's actually like, a I think, is it like the, the bees or no, it's a squirrel. It's like a squirrel military commander guy. It's kind of weird. 
and uh and so you're like fighting with that squirrel on top of this this boat or this uh plane i i did not play the fighting game part so i can't say like how that felt it might (laughs) it might have felt i would imagine it probably felt pretty stiff it looked pretty stiff um so i'm gonna guess maybe those elements of the game probably still don't feel as polished as they probably could but you know it's a nice little novelty to happen like during one particular scene right so i don't know i think it plays a lot better it's also got a more fantastical vibe as you might imagine by me saying that you're fighting a squirrel on top of a plane uh like a military squirrel um so there's definitely some really fun uh visual stuff going on some really ridiculous scenarios and things like that so it's it's been a good time and and i really liked a way out so i'm I'm expecting to enjoy this game more i think it's like a 12 hour game so it's it's somewhat hefty um so we'll see how long it takes i imagine it's probably gonna take me about a month to play through with the person i'm playing with right now so so yeah but i'm enjoying that having a good time with that and it seems like the reviews were pretty positive as well so i'm gonna guess that the game overall is just like a more well-rounded package and probably a better realization of what a way out was but presented in a different way because a way out obviously is well a way out was like that that prison break story kind of thing where this game is about like a little girl who is wishing her parents weren't divorcing and so they get the parents get turned into dolls and they're trying to get them back together um i personally have never really resonated with divorce story stuff despite my parents divorcing when i was a kid but i had kind of like a distant like relationship to the divorce that my parents had so so maybe it's just i don't have that same kind of like you know situation where kids like oh my my parents are breaking up because it's my fault or something like that That, that's just like stuff like that never really crossed my mind as a kid um so it it, i don't really feel a lot of uh, compassion or affection i think to, to to the kid in the game that much you know so i don't know but um i'm enjoying it having a good time with it all good fun. I didn't think I'd talk about Portal Knights again, but I did play a little bit more Portal Knights. Uh, really just want to talk about real quick the DLC in that game um, because there's two sets of DLC. There's the Rift DLC and the Defender DLC. So if this is your first time listening, for some reason, Portal Knights is like a uh, RPG Minecraft kind of game. Um, it's fine. I, I don't love it. Don't hate it. Um, but the Rift DLC is kind of interesting because you're going through these like little pockets of world you have to go collect like these obelisks and as you collect the obelisks it basically opens up doors so everybody like spawns in this that's like four players they'll spawn in this uh this like big over not really big overworld it's like a bunch of floating platforms and stuff and they have to kind of go to these different warps and they got to go grab these obelisks and things like that um so it's like this really time intensive uh uh part of the game where you have to like kind of hunt down these chests and also these obelisks in a, in a set amount of time and then you have to get into the warp at the end um before the timer runs out essentially so so you can kind of like you know uh play it risky if you want to and try to go and get all the chests or you could just have somebody play it safe and just sit by the portal until the timer runs out and then just have them dash in so it's 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 an interesting little thing um but you know i think it's 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 not something that i would say like hey you should buy portal knights to play this rift dlc it's just kind of like a nice i think uh recontextualizing of of that game's mechanics and it does limit the the kind of flexibility you have. You can still do things like build with dirt walls and things like that. So you can kind of like, you know, climb up things. But they, they don't let you dig through a lot of the walls in that zone and things like that. So, so you can't do the usual Minecraft like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, use my drill and drill through this, this wall and just get to the treasure chest I need. 
you have to actually like figure out how to unlock doors and things like that. So, so it's kind of a, it kind of a give some and take some, I think it's probably makes a lot more sense to, to limit the player to building stuff because at that point, you know, even if you can build a giant tower, as long as the entire castle isn't encased and there's no like windows you can get in, you know, they can kind of control your flow through that environment and make sure you're not breaking it all the time. Cause the main problem with portal Knights, the, 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 the default portal Knights game is that inevitably how you beat that game is you just use your drill and you just drill into the ground and you go directly to the final room of a dungeon and then you just go and put the portal up which basically allows you to warp to the next area and it's, it's like you kind of just don't interact with the game that much honestly obviously you want to level up and things like that it is an rpg still um but but it just kind of undermines that game so so i thought the Reef, rift dlc was a nice kind of lean to the other direction we're like okay we're not gonna let you just do whatever you want um, we're going to actually make you build or actually make you, you know, complete these dungeons. Uh, but we still let you build stuff if you really want to. There's also a DLC thing called the Defender DLC uh, in there. And man, this was hot garbage. Um, it was like a, a defense uh, game where you like put down tower defense things. Um, and then so you have like these little panels that you can put down and they like shoot acid blasts at enemies or like it'll be like a flame panel. You know, typical tower defense stuff. Um, where you just have the ability to build basically towers and then you know it has the the gimmick of you as the character can run around and attack things it was incredibly slow and in how fast those waves come out and also the enemies were just particularly easy and i believe we completed the, the entire thing um and it just was like ridiculously slow and easy i basically had to do nothing i just like watched everybody else do stuff because as a warrior like i had to like get in close to smack things and there's like these barriers that would hurt you if you got too close so the like ranged person in our party was just like shooting arrows down the hallway into the like the hallway that was like has all the damage field if you go inside of it and just killing all the enemies in the hallway so it's just like i don't know what to do so i'm just gonna walk around i guess I don't know. It, it was just a little boring. So, so yeah. And then just more Sanctum stuff. Nothing, nothing new on Sanctum or anything like that. Um, and that's pretty much all I've played this week. Um, I did go ahead and um, take kind of clean up the games that were sitting around my play space. I was I had kind of built up a collection of stuff over here based off that were like from things I was working on and also just like games I bought and then like was like I need to look at this and then just like sat it there. So I went ahead and kind of organized all that, sorted it all out, and I was like, okay, let's get back. Let's get back to Happy Dance Collection and Indiana Jones for now. Like, those are going to be my two. I just want to get these out of the way games. So those are there. I'm going to start working on those here at some point. Probably Happy Dance Collection first, because I, I do want to finish up Happy Dance Collection. That's a fun game on the Wii. If you don't know what Happy Dance Collection is, it is a dancing game on the Wii. It's very much on that um, kind of like namco we cheer kind of engine where you're like using the Wii remote to kind of like do these little motions in the air and things like that and we cheer you know the, the problem with we cheer is that it's like all these uh, american songs and stuff and that's cool like if you're if, if it's like you're a kid and it's like what you're going to be getting into and stuff I, I don't really know all the songs on there but like because i know what the songs are and like i don't and i've like heard them in pop culture and stuff i'm just like i don't like, my brain separates the songs from that game at that point, so it's just kind of like these weird songs that are in that game, versus, like, Happy Dance Collection, which are from another culture, and I don't know what they are. You know, I don't listen to Japanese pop or anything like that, so it's like, oh, this is the Happy Dance Collection OST. <laughs> so, so it's definitely much more appealing to me to, like, listen to these songs. I have no idea what they are. Maybe maybe at some point heard them in, like, an anime opening or something, but, like, I, I, do, I do not remember anything from this like 2009 period of 
Japanese pop or something like that. So, um, so I'm still still enjoying that. I do have Weech here one and two though, just in case, just in case we need that in our lives. Um, that is here. It's, it's just not right now. Happy Dance Collection is more important, and Happy Dance Collection has um, what's, what's most interesting about this game because the dance stuff is. I am curious about Wii Dance games and how they work and 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 things like that, and because they're kind of. They're kind of hard to play in a lot of ways. You have to kind of really know what the Wii is looking for, which is true for a lot of Wii games. But in the case of Happy Dance Collection, and I feel like Gabriella's Ghostly Groove, uh, Monster Mix on the Wii, sorry. There's Gabriella's Ghostly Groove on the 3DS as well, but that's a different thing. Um, and then there's also, um, I played a little bit of the first Wii Cheer. I'm trying to remember if I played any other dancing game. I do have Yokai Watch Just Dance on the Wii U, but I have not been able to get it to launch. And I don't know if that's a problem with the disc or if I haven't modified my Wii U to appropriately appropriately launch uh, region-locked games. So so I'm not sure about that. But anyways, so Gabriella's Ghostly Groove Monster Mix and Wii Cheer, both of those games I had a really hard time with the controls. And when I picked up Happy Dance Collection initially, I struggled really hard to get those controls to work. But I, I, I've finally gotten to the point where I kind of understand what they're looking for, what kind of pacing they want out of it. And and it's it's helped me a lot in getting getting further in that game for sure. Um, it's not perfect still. I, I still have to like redo a song just to be like, okay, what are they looking for? What exact motion do they want? What's the pace that they want this on? And sometimes I still can't figure it out with some songs. It's not perfect. Um, but I'm kind of curious about that. But this is a long-winded thing I'm talking about right now. <laughs> I'm trying the, the the point I'm trying to get to is that also this is what I would also consider a fashion rhythm game, which essentially is where you have to uh, use different outfits and stuff you get to to build a score because you need that score in order to pass um, songs. So it's not just about how you perform in a song; it's also about how you dress your character, how on theme you are. You know, making sure you're you're wearing things that are like flowery or, or like frilly and things like that. And and also, if you don't have them, uh, acquiring them through doing different songs. So you go grind out different songs to get different different clothing. In the case of of Happy Dance Collection, you just have to um, essentially ace certain songs in the game. Um, also, also answer fan letters. So if a fan's like, "Hey, please wear this on stage," um, you have to put on that specific thing. Thing, and then also get a good score in the song like oh yeah you recognized that i sent you a fan letter and then you get unlock like different clothing from that as well um, and then you can also buy them from the store so so you have to get clothing for these different options versus like an aikatsu or love and berry or a tokadol um, which are like arcade fashion rhythm games where you have to get cards out of the machine or or buy packs of cards or or get them from some promotion. I have some Aikatsu curry back there that came with a card. <laughs> Although there's no curry in there. It's just the box. I, I, I was too scared to bring the curry back with me from Japan because it's like, what if this gets crushed in the bag? And then my PC98 games are covered in 99 cent curry. <laughs> so let's just take the curry out. We'll keep the box. So I got the box over there. It looks, it's Aikatsu. It's there. It's in my life. It's there for whoever whoever knows how long at this point. Just last week, I was like, I never want Contra chips in my house. Meanwhile, not but like 10 feet behind me, there's an Aikatsu curry box. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, that game is something I want to play. And then Indiana Jones, were like two thirds of the way through. I just need to wrap that up, right? I, I really like that game. It's a fun game. It's, it is janky as heck. Um, when it comes to, to collision and platforming and, 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 and how the game controls. I mean, I, I also have had a lot of issues with that game from a, uh, stability perspective, but I don't know how much of that was my old Nintendo 64, but I'm still having problems with my new 64 that I bought. And by new quote, new, 
a used 64 I bought to replace the last one because my last one was just crashing. Every single game was just crashing after like 20 minutes. Um, so, so this new 64 is holding up, but I still get a lot of visual glitches in, in, uh, Indiana Jones or a lot of weird happenings, but, but not nearly as much as before. That's, that's for sure. And then, yeah, we also, this weekend, we played, uh, some 3DS games on stream. I was testing, I got my 3DS capture card a while back ago. I wanted to go ahead and do a test stream to kind of test how that would work out. I think it worked out pretty well for the most part. Um, the, the big problem is just, I have to use desktop audio still, which I talked about a while back ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's seems to work work overall pretty fine pretty good um we played a little bit of of rodea the sky soldier on 3ds i forgot how much i like rodea the sky soldier on the wii u version specifically but you know the 3ds version plays very similarly that game looks like a mess on screen probably i'm gonna guess if you watch me play rodea on that stream you're like wow this is all over the place but like it feels good to play once you know what you're doing and like it it it's just, it's just like the camera's just like snapping about all around and you can just like kind of tell ready to dash around and things like that. Um, and sometimes you get little, little messed up in, in some way. So you like end up like kind of falling on the floor or falling off the, the ledge and things like that. But like when it's working well, um, I think it's like a really fun and intense game to play as you kind of like bounce between different targets and things like that. Um, I really like that game a lot and um, it's unfortunate that it got kind of shoved to the side because of the Wii version to some degree. The Wii version is still a great game though. Um, I was, I was curious to see, I am curious to see if the conversation around the 3DS or Wii U version will ever change. Uh, I'm going to guess people will eventually look back at the Wii one more fondly, but I really don't think people are going to look back on the Wii U and 3DS one and be like, oh yeah, Rodea, the best game of all time on 3DS. Uh, the 3DS version, man, runs, runs like a video game for sure. It, it's like a steady, it feels like 15 frames per second. It does not look great like but it's playable for sure <laughs> i mean i say as somebody who has played many uh many uh like nintendo 64 game with the bad frame rate so or not even a bad frame rate just like the frame rate of nintendo 64 games right um so so yeah but it, it, it's it's i still had a great time with it i would love to play through all that game again i think but i'm going to try to prevent myself from doing so uh but it'd be fun to see like what the differences are i need to look at one thing and so in the 3ds version of Rodea the sky soldier uh they use the bottom screen for character portraits when they uh the characters are talking to each other um so like the, so like the dialogue is going on on screen um instead of having the like little faces on screen you have the character the main girl at least on the bottom screen sitting there chatting um and i don't think in the wii u version the girl on the gamepad actually talked i think it was just she displayed on the main screen and talked but the character itself just like stood there on the bottom screen so i need to actually load up my my wii u version and see what that looks like because i'm curious i think alex mentioned in the stream that uh if you like switch the to gamepad controls the the character goes up on the main screen too so i'm curious if that behaves any differently um i probably won't go and test this stuff just because i literally forgot about that until i was talking about it just now so that means i'll probably literally forget about that before the end of this podcast so so yeah uh, we also played some tingle rosy rupee land which i was really surprised to see that that game man does that game look like moon in a lot of ways i mean i mean i i, I always knew it had some roots in van pool and things like that and and like the chibi robo kind of roots or whatever but i did not realize like so, having been somebody who's never played moon and only just kind of saw screenshots of it for years until the the more recent release where they put out trailers and stuff um, just seeing those games like side by side is is just like whoa! This this is like a Tingle Moon game basically, or at least at least on a very surface level, right? Um, I don't want to say anything as I've never played Moon and I've never I've played like 
10 minutes of tingle rosy rupee land so who, who who knows uh but but it definitely gave that vibe i do like the weird um uh threatening aura of everybody in that game because like it's just like everybody will not talk to you unless you give them money and then sometimes you'll give them money and they'll be like okay we're friends now and then they're like they'll you'll like ask them for information like more money <laughs> it's, it's, it's great um so i really would like to sit down and play that someday uh, that was, I think I realized when I put that in, is like, that is literally the first time I think I've put that video game into my DS and I've owned that thing for probably, probably over 10 years now. Um, I, I used to do a lot of trading with a friend in Europe and we would switch stuff back and forth, which is how I got my copy of Disaster Day of Crisis, I think, as well as another Kodar, uh, Pandora's Tower before that came out, Xenoblade Chronicles. So Tingle Rosy Rupee Land was a part of that. Um, and, and I unfortunately just never got around to that one. Oh, Last Window. That was another one that I got back then. So, so yeah. Pandora's Tower I got about halfway through. I never got to finish it. I really should finish that. We were playing something that was by the Pandora's Tower developer on that stream. Jump Force. Jump, Jump Superstars or whatever it's called. That is a Ganbarian game, which I'm pretty sure is the same developers as Pandora's Tower. Uh, I noticed the logo on the title screen. I was like, oh. Because they worked on a bunch of One Piece game as piece games as well. I remember when when Pandora's Tower was announced, people were like, "Why is this One Piece developer working on this weird Wii action game?" I wish that game felt better to play, man. Like the, the I think if the melee combat was better in that game, it would be definitely much more well remembered. I feel like it, like it was just very chunky to play. It, it has a really stiff feeling to it, and it doesn't feel like a Zelda kind of like grounded combat system. It, it feels like something that's like trying to be a bit more than that, but just kind of fails. But again, this was like maybe 10 years ago at this point, or probably seven years ago at this point. Um, so I need to go back and check that out. I have the U S copy now as well. So I need to probably start that over. I would have beaten it on, on, on stream back then. Actually, that was when I first started streaming. Um, but I, I stopped streaming for a very long time after that. Um, but I got uh, about halfway through the game and just kept freezing on me at that point. So I, I couldn't complete it, unfortunately. So I don't know if there's just something with that disc or what. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, oh, the other takeaway I had from that 3DS stream, Super Street Fighter 4 still looks great on that thing. I forgot how good Super Street Fighter 4 looks. Um, it definitely has that like Nintendo Switch version of a game look where it's like all the textures are blurry as heck. But but overall, I think it's a great looking version of that game on a portable. Or it's, it's a technically impressive feat, at least. It looks like Street Fighter 4 to me. Like when I see Street Fighter 4 to my mind, when I see Street Fighter 4 on the 3DS, that looks right. I'm, I'm sure if you put them side by side, they look like completely different in a lot of ways. But but just like how that game looks is, is, is incredibly impressive. So... Anyways, words, 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 words. How about news instead? Like Neo, the world ends with you because uh, there's a release date announced for this game. It's actually kind of interesting. I was actually looking this up uh, just before the podcast to remember what the release date was. And apparently the release date of the original game was July 26th. And this new game is coming out July 27th. So they tried. Maybe. Maybe it's a coincidence. They got pretty close. One day off. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so this game's coming out fairly soon. I mean, this is a pretty quick turnaround time, it feels like, in terms of, you know, announcement to release. Um, very, I feel like, unsquare Enix thing to do, but maybe that's just the Square Enix thing you do when you're a big franchise like Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts, right? Um, everything else you just dump out whenever you feel like it. <laughs> um, Battle of Wonderworld had a while. Uh, I remember... I think it was about six months, right? I remember it was like being a, it was like showed off during an Xbox event at some point was when they initially showed off Battle of Wonder World. So yeah, I don't really have anything new to say about Neo, The World Ends With You, other than just, I'm still not sure what I want out of that video game. Um, 
what I love about the world's end with you really comes down to gameplay mechanics, how that game interacts with, with, or how that game plays on a Nintendo DS specifically. I never played any other versions. So maybe, maybe I would still like those versions of the game separately from the DS. But like when I think of the world ends with you, I think about the hectic nature of the two combat systems playing out on two separate screens and you having at the player having to control both of them at once. And I love that commitment to like saying we're going to use both screens on the DS and we're going to use them to the fullest potential and it's it's going to be kind of a mess but like they built the game around knowing that so it's a lot of the reasons like where where Xenoblade Chronicles like even though there's some mechanics of those games that are are kind of funky and weird I don't mind them so much because a lot of the times the game doesn't really expect you to be perfect about them it's just like I don't know if this works cool get some extra damage but if not don't worry about it it's because the game is pretty playable without a lot of that stuff um but but yeah i like i like that commitment that they had to doing the the dual dual screen setups and obviously with the the switch there's not really a a gimmick to the hardware outside of the fact that you can you know take it on the go there's some gyro stuff but i mean uh, i don't get the impression they're going to be utilizing those gyro controls really at all for any reason i don't really know if there'd be any reason for them to um but i mean it it looks kind of neat i kind of generally trust that when square enix puts out a game it's gonna be somewhat interesting to some degree when it comes to combat like even if you look at final fantasy 7 um uh remake when they originally showed that off and i saw the gameplay i was like this looks a little plain but i'm gonna guess there's gonna be another layer on top of this and sure enough there was a layer on top of it and i think you know i haven't played that game yet i think it's probably enough for me to be entertained in those games like just enough to keep you you know, interacting with the battle system, but it's not like super intense and you don't have to like perfect everything. Right. Um, but there's, there's like, like a strategy to you, you know, using different attacks at different times and things like that. Um, the near the world ends with you basically looks like a 3d brawler kind of thing, arena fighter. And you have four attacks on a cooldown on the bottom screen. And that's kind of all they have really shown. So I would at least hope there is more than that. Um, and I generally expect that with, with Square Enix, they would have more than that in the game. I mean, obviously you could just switch out the badges if it's like the main or the original game. So you can kind of pick and choose what's going to be on that bottom screen. Um, but yeah, we'll see. There's also like three other combatants with you and I'm not sure how you interact with those other players if they said anything about that yet. Um, so there's definitely something there. I don't know. July 26th or 27th. That's, I mean, that's not too far out. Uh, I'll be curious to see if that's something that I, I really feel the drive to go out of my way to play. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I need to play that game or not. I might look wait to see what, what ends up happening with that game and what mechanics they end up putting in it. There's also a stream this week about No More Heroes 3. It's one of those Japanese streams that kind of, in my opinion, just kind of go on too long as everybody sits there and chats and then like they show the same footage over and over and over again and talk over it. Um, and I'm just like, I... I show me a trailer that's two to three minutes long and that's good enough for me but but you know i, I, I didn't watch all that. i just kind of skipped through it so i didn't see everything in there um but it did look look you know i think i've said this before with no more heroes 3 like it looks like everything i want on no more heroes still so i will i will continue to purchase those video games i really like no more heroes 1 no more heroes 2 i i like I think it's a better game than No More's Hero 1 when it comes to gameplay, but like when it comes to story and stuff, it just doesn't really work for me for the most part. But, but you know, I still think it's somewhat charming. It's been a very long time since I've played No More Heroes 2, though, so I can't really say for sure, you know, how I feel about that game these days. Um, and then uh, Tribe Strikes, again, I actually liked quite a bit. I like the beginning of that game a lot more than the end of the game, which sounds like it's kind of the inverse of how other people felt about that game. Um, I think the beginning areas of that game have a lot of really interesting design choices, and, and I like the, the style of the game, and... 
I'm I'm still kind of iffy on the writing of the more recent uh, Grasshopper games in general. I feel like Left Left Alive had a lot of the same issues with the writing and and No More Heroes Two and No More Heroes Three. And I would assume um, some of their other games, but A Killer Is Dead is a game that I also think the writing is a little eh on. I I, I kind of just don't like the direction they went with their writing after No More Heroes. Um, but it's something that I I put up with for their video games because I do g- generally enjoy their video games quite a bit. And uh, everything I said, I've seen about No More Heroes Three looks looks about right. There was a uh, uh, another mini game where you play with your cat. You're like throwing a ball. I'm always I'm always pro cat game in No More Heroes. I like the uh, kitty party trailer for No More Heroes Two. That's probably my favorite part of No More Heroes Two is the kitty party trailer, uh, where you're like rubbing Gene on the belly and you're like rotating around on the floor. I love that 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 picture <laughs> or that, that the animation or whatever. Uh, I have like an animated GIF of it on Git Discord that I post randomly for for no real good reason a lot of times. So, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Still, so I don't think there's a release date on it yet. I think it's still just 2021. They did show up like a collector's edition. I think um, I probably will pass on that. But but you know, you know, if you want that, you can get it. That's cool. Buy that. I think the collector's edition might include No More Heroes One and Two physical as well. Quick side note, this is this is not on my list here, but I was only recently made aware that in Japan they're releasing Blaster Master Trilogy on a physical copy. And with that physical copy, they're including voice acting in Blaster Master 1, 2, and 3, apparently. <laughs> and like with Blaster Master 1 and 2 just arriving here, separate physical packages, like it was pretty late last year, I think, right? It, it was like November, I feel like. It, it was not too long ago um i feel a little just like burned <laughs> a little bit just like oh great yes the limited run game uh by way early and then eventually it'll show up your house and then another version will be available later so i don't know if they're planning to patch those versions of the game or not with the voice acting if they're planning to release blaster master trilogy in a collection on on switch through limited run games or or what but that definitely was like oh that kind of sucks <laughs> that i bought both of those i think they're like 30 bucks each so i guess at the worst i paid 60 bucks in total for it but i don't know i'm i I think these days i'm probably not going to bother with limited run games it's just too much of a headache unfortunately and and i'd rather not i mean i bought curse i I think i have two more games i'm waiting for them curse of the moon 2 um bloodstained and then um the Panzer Dragoon PS4 release, both of those games, I think, are the only things I have left in my pipeline. I, I think I'm just going to ignore limited run games from now on. As much as I, I I like my physical, it's just... I don't like having to sit there and be like, well, I'm going to buy these just in case, because they might be expensive down the line, and I think I want to play Blaster Master, but I don't know if I want to play Blaster Master Zero 2, because I don't know if I like Blaster Master Zero 1 yet, but they're selling them at the same time, and this is my only chance to buy them. I, that's the trap. That's the trap that they want to get you into. I say this, but that I also like this weekend bought like a chunk of Wii games. I was like, let me buy some Wii games that I've always been wanting to get. So I just like dumped some money on some Wii games this weekend for some reason. Escape from Bug Island? I purchased that. I got Escape from Bug Island now. Got Cooking Mama for like four bucks? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I felt a little bit of pain from going to GameStops and seeing that they all kind of shedded their Wii collections. It's like, how am I going to get my Wii game fixed now? Unfortunately, you can't really like, do a dollar Wii game on eBay or Amazon without like buying bulk is kind of the problem. So I don't know. I probably need to go like thrift store shopping is probably how I'd have to get dollar Wii games now, if that's even possible. 
I'd be I'd be okay with three bucks, five bucks. That's a good range for like a Wii game you don't know anything about. And you just look at the cover and like that. That's a dinosaur. That those dinosaurs are fighting. Let me buy this game, kind of thing. Um, I don't. I think when you start getting into the, the ten dollar price range, you're like, okay, what am I really buying here? And what what's going on here? I was looking at a copy of Fishing Masters from Hudson, and I'm like, Hudson? That's a name I know. Fishing? I could I could do a fishing game on the Wii, but it was like twelve bucks, and I was like, oh, that's just. That's just too much for me to just like blindly buy some fishing game for for the Wii without knowing anything about it, and then you go look it up and like, yeah, this game doesn't look great. <laughs> like, it's probably fine, but it doesn't look amazing. So, so yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna stop rambling. I feel like this whole podcast has been me going on way too long about everything. Uh, thank you for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Like I said earlier, we had a 3DS stream last week, so if you go look at the website, the 3DS stream is up on the website. Hey, I got good news. I have content for you. Probably going up on Wednesday. I have not scheduled it yet, but the video is basically done. Um, I went ahead and finished up the casual review for Mega Pseudo 2096. I might try to f see if there's a way I can position those, like, similar to the Battle and Wonder World video. Like, whether that just be like, hey, import video game thing or something like that. Just be smarter about those titles on YouTube or whatever. It may be one of those things where I name it one way on YouTube, and then I just, like, name it the way I want to name it on my website. Because it's like, oh, here's this review, and then also the YouTube name is the garbage name, right? the garbage click name and my website i'll just make i'll i'll keep it prim and proper on my website because <laughs> my website is like what i like right i, I don't i don't want to go over to youtube um but yeah so anyways um so that's probably gonna go up uh probably wednesday but i'll let you know in the discord uh channel if you don't if uh if i don't also heads up somebody asked me recently was like hey it would be great if you had an audio version of the podcast well let me tell you there's an audio version of the podcast um, so if you go to the podcast posts on the website, there's a audio link to them. And if you go to the, 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 the one controller port link on that audio thing, you can go and subscribe on a variety of platforms where, where it automatically pushes this podcast. So if you don't want to listen to this on YouTube and see my, my face in front of this cat with a wine glass over here in the, the YouTube version, um, you can go do whatever you want on a podcast. You can, you can look, let your eyes see whatever you want while you listen to me talk. Also, you can, um, if you listen to the audio version, you want to see my, my face, you want to see the cat with the wine glass, um, then you can go to YouTube and, and see those or on the website, go to onecontrollboard.com. Uh, the YouTube links for the, uh, for the podcast are there too. So just letting you, both of you guys know the ones with the audio, one with the video, you can make a choice. You can travel that bridge across the way if you want. Um, yeah. And then I need to do some research. I might consider doing a near video. I think I forget if I talked about this last week. Um, I have some old near writing on the website, so I might try to see if that's something I can repurpose into a video for the near launch or at least around that window. Um, the biggest problem is I don't have any near gameplay, so I'd have to figure that situation out. Um, um, otherwise though, we're just going to be trying to finish up quest 64 this week on Thursday. Um, so if you want to come hang out Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time, I'll be playing some more Quest 64. And then uh, after that, I think we're going to play Odama, actually. I was looking at my GameCube microphone, and I was like, what if Odama was something in that was we played on stream? So I think we're going to play some Odama. It will give me a little extra time to um, hack my 3DS so we can play some Kaito Joker on 3DS, because I need to I need to play that game's a Japanese game, so I need to unregion lock my 3DS so we can do that uh, via the official capture on, on, the, on the, the stream. So, yes. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website, and I hope you have a great week.
Bye.